to the Icon Church podcast. Icon Church is one church in five locations. Our vision is human flourishing. We pray that this podcast helps you to flourish in life. For any more information about Icon Church, log on to our website at www.icon.church. We hope you enjoy this podcast. Oh, so good. Well, it's great to see you. And uh, on Rise and Build Sunday, you know, uh, Rise and Build is a special day in the life of our church, as Nathan says, it's just that once a year and really helps us to move the vision forward. And, uh, and you know, on Saturdays when we have big days in church, and um, I always get nervous, and I was nervous for several reasons uh, uh, this year. So if I, uh, if I uh, was uh, horrible to anybody yesterday, I apologise. Uh, but... Uh, you know, it's like it's half term as well, but, um, you know, Rise and Build, we, we take an offering once a year and then we keep it open for a few weeks. And we're believing this year just to be able to move our vision forward. And uh, we're joined by our location in Sheffield. We're joined by our location in Derby. And we're also joined by people online. We want to welcome them, but we also want to welcome anybody that's here again, new for the first time. So come on, why don't we do that? We want to welcome everyone. Let's take our seats. Let's take our seat. Rise and build. Rise and build, we say, is all about moving vision forward. I don't know about you, but I want to be part of a church like that. There's forward thinking that's moving vision forward. This isn't just uh, like talking about the past and things that happened in the past, but believing for greater things, believing the best is yet ahead. And uh, and this year, you know, the theme for Rise and Build, I've, I've entitled New Ground which actually is a song off the new album, New Ground. And uh, because I, I believe that moving the vision forward means that we can continue to care for what God has given to us. We, we don't forget that. We don't forget to care for stuff. I mean, I love new things. And, uh, but we care for what God has already given to us. But also that we can move the vision forward and receive new uh, other things. And so the first thing I want to do is really thank anyone who has already given into Rise and Build in the last year. Um, because we were able in all our locations to do some things that without Rise and Build, we would not have been able to do. Like in Chesterfield, we uh, put some plans together and put applications together for a new location in another, uh, in another area to, to get a new building. We wouldn't have been able to do that and, and take that forward. Had, and we're still working on all of that. We wouldn't have been able to do that without Rise and Build and giving him Rise and Build. In Derby, we changed and moved locations into a better location. And the costs, there was a significant uplift in costs to be able to do that. We wouldn't have been able to do that without Rise and Build. And in Sheffield, and as in all our locations, we were able to get some new equipment and to uh, change the look of our Sheffield location so it looked a bit more like Icon Church, and we're doing that all the time. And so we're so thankful, first of all, for anyone that's given over the last year. We've been talking in church a little bit about pioneers and having the spirit of a pioneer. And, um, you know, I believe that's what Rise and Build is. It's a pioneering spirit to move forward. And a pioneer is the first uh, in an area of enterprise or endeavour. It's the first to go somewhere. It's the first to enter a region, opening it up for occupation by other people. And I love that thought. And I believe that's what we're doing today. That as we take a step, as we decide to be the first and we decide to move things forward, that actually others will fill that space that we create behind us uh, today. 
A pioneer is the first to break a bar- barrier. I've talked about Roger Bannister and the four-minute mile many years ago, breaking that barrier that was thought impossible. But within the first year, 200 people ran under four minutes. Yeah, once that barrier was broken. I've talked about the Wright brothers and that first flight that was just 12 seconds. But I'm so glad they did that because, I mean, I've still got, I've had many flights already this year. I've got five flights in November Five flights coming up in November, and I'm thankful that each of them will be longer than 12 seconds. Uh, I'm so thankful for that, but without those pioneers, we wouldn't be doing that. A pioneer reaches territories that are thought unreachable, and a pioneer achieves what was previously thought unachievable. And I never want us to lose the sense as a church that we're a pioneering church, whether that's Derby, Sheffield, Wherever it is, wherever we are, I want us to be a pioneering people. But I also want us to be pioneering in our family, in our relationships. I want us to pioneer in our purpose. And so that's why I've entitled this message New Ground, because I believe that God wants us to occupy new ground and move forward. You know, so often in life, we can be aware of our limitations. I know I am, and I know the people are close to me are, we can be aware of our limitations, but also as churches, we can be aware too much of our limitations. We can think that was then. Uh, I, I get inspired by the cathedrals of Europe when I travel around Europe and I see the cathedrals and it reminds me of the sacrifice and it reminds me of the years, sometimes hundreds of years to build those cathedrals. And it's so easy to think that was then. That was back then. That was something that could happen then. It's sometimes we have this limitation in our thinking that that's somewhere else. I've just come back from America and I've been in parts of America where church attendance is around towards 40% of people would be in church on a Sunday. And of course, that percentage is nowhere near that in this country. We're between three and 5% in most areas of this country. But, you know, it's easy to think that's somewhere else. And you look at churches and you look at what they're doing. And of course, that's not all of America. There are many parts of America that are just like us in those same percentages. But, you know, it's easy to say that's somewhere else. That's over there. And we can become limited, therefore, in our dreaming, in our building, in our pioneering, because we think that was then or we think that's somewhere else. We can also have a spirit that says, if only, if only. We don't have what someone else has. You can think that in your life, can't you? You can think that in your family. You can look at the neighbours and you can think, if only. You can look at your spouse, don't look at them right now, and you can think, if only, you know, uh, whatever. But we can have that limitation of we don't have. And we can also have a limitation where we can think, well, it's different for them. Or they're different. I remember 20 years ago, I went to Hillsong Church for the first time. And, you know, our our church was way smaller then. And we just had a group of young adults here in church. And I would say, just to use a bit of French, um, proper French, not a swear word. But to use a bit of French, they they were a little bit laissez-faire. They, 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 they were fine, but, you know, there wasn't much drive or much passion. And then I went to Hillsong in Australia, and I saw thousands of young adults passionate for God. And, and you know, it's, it would have been so easy for me to say, you know, oh, look at that. We don't have. That's a different place. But I had this realization when I was there. If those young adults who are in our church lived here, they'd be just like them. 
they'd be passionate, they'd be on fire because it was the environment, the culture uh, that was creating it. And so we, I came back and we started straight away to try and change our environment. And I'm so glad for what God has done that now we have seen over the last, you know, certainly 10 years, hundreds of young people, hundreds of young adults be passionate about God's church. And we have such a great group of them even now serving and building church. And, you know, I know many of those will be sacrificing today in Rise and Build because they're passionate. They're no longer French laissez-faire. Uh, something else has happened. You know, it's so important in, for us because in our personal lives, in our families, in our careers or with our children, in our lives, in our attitudes, our thoughts about generosity, whatever, we can often just live to the lid. You know, the lid, the ceiling that's always been there, whether it's been there in our families for generations or it's been there in our thinking for, you know, years, we can live to the lid. But I believe God wants us to lift the lid and actually see greater and see beyond. So I want to start by a verse in Proverbs, Proverbs 29, 18. If you're familiar to church, it's kind of a familiar verse. But, you know, if you're not familiar with the scriptures, Proverbs is a book of wisdom. And it's been around for 3,000 years. And you know, I love it for that because it, it means that this, this book, this book of Proverbs, this book of wisdom is still relevant today because it's been proven to work for 3,000 years. And, uh, and, and I think therefore it's worth listening to in that regard. Here it is, Proverbs 29, verse 18. It says, where there is no revelation or vision, people cast off restraint. But blessed is the one who heeds wisdom's instruction. One translation says, where there is no vision, people live aimlessly. They just wander about aimlessly. I think God's got something more for us. You know, vision can be scary, but nothing compared to living without vision. You know, you can live your life as if the goal of life is to get to death safely. I mean, just think about that for a moment. You can live as if the goal is to get to death safely. That's no way to live, is it? To get to death safely. But that's what living without vision or living without passion does in our life. I think God's got more for us. He wants to be a people of purpose, a people of passion. And so I've just got one point this morning. I've got one point that actually will help us to live our lives with vision and to move vision forward. And that's simply this. We need to see something. We need to say something and we need to do something. Vision requires sight, sound and action. Sight, sound and action. Uh, I love looking at logos, you know, company logos, business logos and things like that. And some, many of these logos, you know, have an hidden message or a message that, that's portraying the kind of core message of the company. If you think of the Nike tick or the Nike swoosh, of course, that's just communicating, do it. Go on, put a tick on it. Just go, just do it, which is their logo. And I found a couple of clever ones. Here's, here's one. A few years ago, the most <clears throat> desired computer was the Sony Vio. But I had no idea that that was the symbol for analog and that was the symbol for digital. I thought that's very clever. Thanks for your enthusiasm. <laughs> another, another one uh, like that I thought was really clever is Toblerone. Has anybody seen the bear in the Toblerone logo before? Can you, see, have you ever noticed that? Can you see the bear? I have no idea why it's there, but I'm sure it's very clever. <laughs> There's a bear in there. But here's a couple that are a little bit more obvious. Baskin and Robbins. Baskin and Robbins, they make ice cream. How many varieties of ice cream do they make? 31. 31. 
right there in the logo. I'd not seen that until a couple of years ago. And then FedEx. FedEx is a company that deliver your parcels and, uh, and so on. But if we go to the next slide, there you go. In the logo is built an arrow, FedEx. All these companies have a vision. They want to do something and they want to have, they've got a purpose. There's a reason for their existence. Well, I believe there's a reason that we are here as Icon Church. Our vision is human flourishing. That means we want people to live their best life. And we believe that living your best life is in a relationship with Jesus. When Jesus said to those early disciples, follow me. And when Jesus says to us, follow me. He does that so that we can encounter a space, an environment where we meet God. And when we meet God and God's Spirit, that transforms us. You see, Jesus wasn't just saying, come follow me because I need some people. No, come follow me because this will transform your life. You'll be in a space where God is. You'll be in a space where you meet God. You'll be in a space where you hear what God has to say. And that revelation will be transformational for your life. So I've got an idea. And there's my idea about Icon Church, that we must continue to create irresistible environments where people come for whatever reason. Maybe they come to learn Spanish, but people come for whatever reason and they're surprised by God. They're surprised by God. So many people say, you know, the first time in church, they'll say something like, it just felt like the speaker was talking just to me. It felt like you read my mail. It felt like you knew exactly what was going on in my life. And of course, the speaker doesn't, but God does. And God's spirit communicates to people. So the next Sunday, they come back. Then they become followers of Jesus. And then they decide to get baptized. And actually, if you've become a follower of Jesus and you've not yet been baptized, I want to encourage you, you can be baptized tonight in our six o'clock service, or you can be baptized next week in our six o'clock service. And if you're a follower of Jesus, Jesus simply says, follow me and be baptized. Repent and be baptized. So that's your next step. He makes it super simple for all of us that actually we follow him and we get baptized. And we get baptized into faith in Jesus and the community of God's people. And uh, people, people talk about our signs and how those signs can speak to them. Maybe you noticed here in Chesterfield, and I know we have signs in Sheffield and Derby as well that say, welcome home. People, many people have come to me and said, when I saw that sign, I was moved. Some people have said I was even moved to tears because I, I felt a, a message. I felt something speaking to me that I'd come, come home. People talk about some of our slogans, like, you belong here. You'll see that often. You belong here. And I remember one person recently saying to me, you know, I, I didn't think church was for me. I didn't think church was, you know, a place that, you know, would accept me or that I'd, be, I'd feel like I could fit into church. But when I heard and I saw you saying, you belong here, I realized I, I, this could be a home for me. This could be a place for me. Another one is, this is for everyone. Again, someone said to me, you know, I, I just didn't think it was for me. But when you said, this is for everyone, now I just realized this is for everyone, regardless of age, regardless of gender, regardless of, uh, of, of color, regardless of any dis- distinction, this is for everyone. So this week, as I was thinking about uh, Rise and Build, and I was just going through some old notes, I found some old notes. And I found some old notes that were about Ella, who's on the second row. And, and uh, these were, I think they were from 2014, so five years ago. And Ella was in primary school, and she'd been asked, who are your role models? And she'd written this, my role models are Oxygen Youth. 
That's what our youth ministry used to be called before it's called now called Icon Youth. My role models are Oxygen Youth, the young people in our church. What an incredible thing for a primary school kid to say, my role models are the youth of our church. Ruth came to me and said, what more could a parent want that when their child is looking up to a group of teenagers and saying, I want to be like them. What an incredible thing. You see, we must continue to create irresistible environments where people can come for whatever reason. People of any age can come and be surprised by God. I hope you can see it. And I hope that's something we can see together. I've got a few statements I just want to share with you this morning. Um, And I've got 12 of them. They're not 12 points, but they're just 12 statements I'm going to make. And you'll you'll lose count. Don't try and number them because you won't get 12 because they flow into each other. Here's the first. We believe that Jesus and the message of Jesus is transformational. That the message of Jesus changes lives. That it can transform a person. It can transform us personally, can transform us socially, but it can also transform our culture. We believe that Jesus is the hope of the world. We believe the message of Jesus is the answer to our world. We believe that we are about the most important mission on the planet. The most important mission on the planet, people finding Jesus, people following Jesus, and people leading like Jesus have an influence in their life. You know, in this year, 2019, 2019, we have had more decisions, more people decide to follow Jesus than in any other year in our church's history. We believe we're about the most important thing on the planet. We believe the local church is the vehicle by which society is improved. That families can be restored, relationships can be healed, and that people can flourish. And that can be one person, and that one person can have a calling that impacts loads of people, thousands of people, nations, that people can be transformed through and in the presence of God in the local church, and they can become people who lead and influence others. We, we actually believe that churches can lose their way. And that's why today is, is an important day, because we could lose our way too. That churches can become non-transformational and just become social. And we want to be part of changing that. We want to be part of resisting that and saying, no, no, we're here for people. We're here to see lives change. We're here to see relationships restored. We're here to see God do great things. God has given Icon Church a season of influence. Two weeks ago, we, were at a, uh, we took uh, our leaders to a Pastors and Leaders Day. And we also took our interns, seven, eight of them. And we took them along to a, a leadership day. And one of the pastors there, about 50, 60 pastors there, came to me and said, I've been sat with some of your interns, and I want to say, I believe God gave me a word for you. And the word God gave me was that Icon Church is a church of influence, and it's going to be a model church. And then, of course, last weekend, we had Steve Morstan here preaching, and he said that Icon Church is going to be a flagship church. And a model church, a church that people from, he said, from different parts of the world will come and say, how did you do that? Dwayne White prophesied seven years ago the very same thing to us. Not flagship, but model, the whole model church. I believe God has given us a season of real influence. In fact, in just the last two weeks, I've had four pastors of significant churches who've said to me, would you help me? Would you mentor me? Would you be an influence in my life and in my leadership? I've not asked for that. I've not started a new website saying I've got a new job as the coach to pastors, but these people have come to me. I believe God is giving us a season of influence. The reason 
Lots of volunteers show up each weekend. About 165, 170 volunteers each week, weekend show up to make Icon Church work is that they believe that what happens here can change a person's life. That's why we volunteer. It's not about parking cars. It's not about putting chairs out. It's not about putting leaflets on seats. It's actually that what we do can change a person's life. It's not about babysitting children. Our children's workers don't think, oh, we've just got to look after the children while the adults have a good time. No, they believe that what they do can impact that child's life and put something within that child that will last them forever. Let me tell you, I've got memories. I've got two memories. And I know I was six years old where my mum, my mum used to take me to church every week. And uh, uh, twice on a Sunday, she would take me and she would take me to church. But I have two memories and I was six. And I can remember thinking, God is here. And they're distinct memories. I, I remember, I can tell you about one. I'm sat and I'm colouring. You know, we didn't have iPads and all that stuff then. And, you know, mobile, whatever. We, I was just colouring. And I remember stopping colouring. And looking up and thinking, I can see me doing it now. God is here. And then I went back and did some colouring. I I wasn't a good kid, by the way, because I have those memories at six years of age. I also have a memory that when I was eight, one of the older guys in church says, I'm going to put you in a straight jacket. (laughs) I wasn't a good, (laughs) well-behaved kid. So, but I can still. So even the naughty church kids can have moments where they know God's here. And God's moving. I love that. Do you know it's about creating irresistible environments where students, children, adults, all of us are challenged to let God impact our lives and for his kingdom to come to us. That's what we're doing. We're creating an environment where we're open to God speaking to us. I believe every teenager in the UK should experience on a weekly basis what our children experience at Icon Church. Well, you know, I, in every teenager in Sheffield, every teenager in Derby, every teenager in Chesterfield, every teenager anywhere in the UK should experience what our kids experience. Friday night here, they, they had this thing called Uprising. And Uprising is um, something that they do several times a year. And so they had people speaking for the first time, people on keys for the first time, people leading worship for the first time, young people, teenagers stepping up to serve God and to do something for God. Just think where those teenagers could be. Just think what those teenagers could do in. But they're in God's house and they're worshipping God and they're giving Him glory. I believe every teenager should have that. I believe every Ella in Chesterfield and Liam in Derby and Zanetta in Sheffield should be able to look at a group of young people, teenagers like Icon Youth and aspire to be like them. I believe that. And that every parent like Andy and Ruth should be able to say, what more could a parent want? I believe that every Roman, baby like Roman and Elijah should know that he will grow up in a church family that wants the best for him and will seek to create an environment for both him and his family to flourish. I believe that that's true for Cynthia in Derby and also for Levi Fenton in Sheffield, who actually was not in Sheffield. He was in our 915 service here in Chesterfield. But I'm going to say it anyway, that every baby in Sheffield should be able to know that there's an environment where he and or she and their family will grow up. I believe every church should have moments of emotional celebration as we hear someone tell their story and go public with their faith in baptism. 
and we've got a few people being baptized tonight and then again next week. And you know, every year we have people making decisions to follow Jesus. Every year people decide to be baptized. And I want you to know that that is not normal in the UK. Most churches in the UK don't have any baptism services in a year. That's not normal. And so, so this is so important for us that actually we have a passion to see transformation, change lives, and people publicly declaring their faith in Jesus. I mean, why is it surprising that people want to go to church? Why, why is it surprising that people enjoy church? Somebody left our church, by the way. You've got a bit of a bonus. I left our church and said, you have too much fun in church. I'm like, oh, oh. I know the kind of small church they're going to go to. Why would it be surprising that people want to be in church? Why would that be surprising? That should be the normal. Should be the normal. Why, why would it be surprising that a church can be both large but also small? In terms of people can have meaningful relationships in small groups and grow together in small groups or teams or ministries. But we could reach lots of people. Now, why would that be surprising? Why would it be surprising that when somebody opens the Bible, we feel like God is speaking to us? The bottom line is this. I believe this should be normal. The energy, the relevance, the passion, the authenticity. And I believe that we should be shocked, appalled, offended, angry. When we walk into a church where there's no life, there's no change, there's no kids, there's no students, there's no joy, there's no fun, there's no buzz, there's no salvation. I hope you can feel my passion today. And Rise and Build means that we can move forward and ensures a future for us as that kind of church. So as I close, I want to read some verses for John chapter 4, from John chapter 4, verses 27 to 38. And then I just want to apply this message to us today as we come towards Rise and Build. John chapter 4, 27 to 28. Jesus is in Samaria and he's met the Samaritan woman and uh, she's gone back to the village and told the villagers to come, come and see Jesus. Just then his disciples returned and were surprised to find him talking with a woman. Sorry, she's about to go back to the village. But no one asked, what do you want or why are you talking with her? Then leaving her water jar, the woman went back to the town and said to the people, come and see a man who told me everything I ever did. Could this be the Messiah? They came out of the town and made their way toward him. Meanwhile, his disciples urged him, have something to eat. And by the way, the Samaritans would be dressed in all white. That's significant for what we're about to read. He said to them, I have food to eat that you do not know anything about. Then his disciples said to each other, could someone have brought him food? My food, Jesus said, is to do the will of him who sent me and to finish his work. But you have a saying, it's still four months until harvest. I tell you, open your eyes. Look at these people. The fields are white unto harvest, or they are ripe for harvest. Even now the one who reaps draws a wage and harvests a crop for eternal life, so that the sower and the reaper may be glad together. Thus the saying, one sows, another reaps is true. I have sent you to reap what you have not worked for. Others have done the hard work and you have reaped the benefits of their labor. Jesus says, you've got this saying, there's four months to the harvest. Don't think like that. Don't say one day. Believe this is the day. 
Look, the fields are white to the harvest. I think the church is held back by thinking one day. Maybe one day God will move. Maybe one day God will do something. No, we have to change that and say, this is the day. We're believing for God to do something today. We're believing for God to reach somebody today. We're believing for God to change somebody's life today. The fields are ripe unto harvest. We have to believe this day, every day, is a day for God to work and God to move. So I want you, I want everybody in Icon Church, I want you to do this. I want you to think three. Here's what I mean. I want you to think three generations beyond you. I don't want you to think about yourself today. I want you to think three. I want you to think, think of it like this. Your children, your children's children, and your children's children's children. Three generations. You know, when I've come back from Europe inspired by cathedrals, I've said to our church, I've, I've preached messages and said, what we're doing here isn't just about the next 20 years. It's not just about my life and it's not for my benefit and just for us who are here right now. No, this has got to last a thousand years. But we can't think a thousand years. How do you do anything that might last a thousand years? How, how can you? We can't think like that. But we can think three. We can think that what we do today and what we do each and every day can affect people for the next 60 years. Our children, our children's children, and our children's children's children. I want us to think three. I always want us to think three. I want us to think about those great-grandchildren who are going to receive from God because of our sacrifice and what we do in this moment. I don't want us to think, why can't we? I want us to think we will. I want us to think we will. Jesus said in Matthew 16, 18, I will build my church. And one of our slogans is, Jesus said, I will build my church, so will I. That's because we're saying we're not waiting for one day. We're getting involved with Jesus today. So will I. I want us to think we will, not why can't we. I want us to think that what we do today will influence people for the next 60 years. I've told you about uh, Neil Armstrong when he walked on the, the moon and he said those famous words, one small step for man, a giant leap for mankind. He had a piece of the Wright brothers plane in his pocket. Well, I'm not sure it was a pocket, but in his suit, his astronaut suit. That flight that only lasted 12 seconds, he knew had actually set him up to be able to walk on the moon. Just watch this video. show any more of that video just because the plane doesn't go very far <laughs> it comes into land it was only 12 seconds the plane's in the air here's what we're going, we can do we need to see something we need to have a vision of what God wants to do and I hope as I've shared some of those thoughts some of those ideas you can see why we're the kind of church we are why they, why we want to be the kind of church we want to be we can see something we need to say something we don't need to say oh maybe one day we need to say we will. We need to say something, but we also need to act to do something. Vision requires action, and that's what Rise and Build is around. What we can do, we can serve. We can serve. Thank you. If you serve anywhere across Icon Church in any of our locations, we can serve. 
and see God touch people's lives. It's more than parking cars. It's more than putting chairs out. It's more than putting leaflets. It's actually believing God. It's more than doing children's work. And I know the kids are going to come back, I think, and give with us in this moment in a few seconds. We can grow. We can actually be part of a small group or we can be part of teams and we can determine that we will grow in our faith, that we will be disciples of Jesus that follow Him, that experience His presence and that actually grow in our faith. And we can give. We can give. We can give regularly into the life of church. Thank you for everyone who does that. But we can also give into Rise and Build, our one-off gift. And if you've not come prepared to give today, then as I've said, over the next few weeks, the Rise and Build envelopes will be out and just on normal Sundays so that people can actually contribute. Then maybe in three weeks' time, we'll share what God has done. God always does great things. I've asked 40 people this year, not personally, but I've asked that in our church, there might be 40 people who become vision builders, people who give over a thousand pound into, into Rise and Build, over and above their regular giving so that we can move the vision forward. And, but you know, everything that people give, whether you can be a vision builder or not, matters because church is not built on the gifts and talents of a few, but the sacrifices of many. The kids have been collecting 20 Ps and and uh, you know, they, they've been putting them in like smarty tubes and things like that. Their gifts matter. Remember the little boy, he just bought five loaves and two fish and God did some incredible things. Well, whatever we can do, I'm just asking us to do what we can do. Many, some of us can be vision builders. Some of us can give far more than just that, but I'm asking us to do what we can do, whatever it is. Don't just see, don't just say and do. So in a few seconds, we're gonna give. And I just wanna say one final thing, and this is not to boast, but this is just to let you know that we're committed to this too. This year, Jeannie and I will give our largest gift into Rise and Build. And that is in not, no way to boast. But that's just to let you know that we are not asking anyone to do something we would be unwilling to do. So Lord, we thank you for your word. We thank you for Rise and Build. We thank you for the vision of new ground and moving things forward. And I pray in these moments as we give and as we celebrate and as we worship, Father God, that you will cause us to move forward in Jesus' name. If you're a guest here today, we're so glad you're with us. Please don't in any way feel pressured to give. You're our guest and we're so glad that you're here today. You just turned upon what's a great day for us that helps us every year move our vision forward. And, and I said it right at the beginning and I say it again. I want to be part of that kind of church. Church that's dreaming about new locations, new venues, new buildings, moving things forward, keeping the vision alive. So I'm going to prepare my gift. You can prepare your gift. The band will sing as we do that and then remain seated. The guys will take the offering and then we'll get some instructions later on. Thank you, church. Thank you for your faithfulness. Thank you for your giving today. Thank you for giving into Rise and Build. It'll be amazing what we see God do in the year ahead. Thank you. We hope you enjoyed this podcast from Icon Church. If you'd like any more information about Icon Church, log on to our website at www.icon.church. Have the best week.